Oh, yeah. heard the story where he's sitting at dinner in a, in a restaurant before they, before he was really big. He's having dinner with a girl. He sees Sinatra. The girl goes, oh, my God, there's Frank Sinatra in New York City somewhere. So he excuses himself. He goes, Frank, could you do me a favor? Come over to the table on your way out and just act like you know me. It makes the world to me. It makes the world to me. He goes, sure thing, sure thing. So he comes out. Sinatra tells the story. And he goes, so I'm heading out. I see Frank. So I see Don. I go, Don, good to see you. Don goes, Frank, can't you see I'm eating here? Is that great? And you know that's a true story. That is just... Can't you see I'm eating here? <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, Don Rickles and Joan Rivers were one of a kind as yeah. women comedians. They'll never, be, they'll never be people like that who can just assassinate at will. And be funny about it and make people laugh about exactly. it. Exactly. Because if you can't laugh at your differences, then we're all fucked. Oh, fuck. my God. No, Don Rickles. Uh, fabulous, fabulous. One of a kind. There'll never be another one. Yeah, I'm ready. I, is it crowd filing in yet? They are. They're coming up. Uh, oh, good. I thought I heard something. I love to hear that little rumble of the audience. It is. Well, it's, you notice I put a fourth deck on now. It's like being in, um, I don't know, like a Broadway theater, an old Broadway theater where you have the uh, triple decks there. Or like a uh, an Oslo. like a. You know what I hear? I hear the beginning of the No Old Podcast broadcast. I like that with Jake Jacobson and myself, Ozzy, the sports tricky. Jake, it's been a wild and wacky weekend leading into the week. How are you, buddy? I'm good. You know, the great thing about today's program, and I think we'll both agree. Yes. We have no prep whatsoever. None. You were doing your thing today. I was over at Publix doing my thing. None. And come in here, and we got an hour's worth of uh, jibber-jab, I guess. Just time to kill. Well, we do have... um, All right, let's... Wait, we well, got uh, David Ross, Don Ross, uh, oh Howard Ross. Oh, my God. You might as well have hired How- Howard Ross is or Marion Ross, for a, that matter. I can say this because I'm Jewish. Is he Jewish? I don't know, but he was a backup catcher who was an inspirational guy on that Cubs team in 2016, yeah. and he won Dances with Stars. I guess that's enough to get you a job managing the prestigious Chicago Cubs right, who, so fired yeah. Don, who fired John Joe Madden because they don't want to let down their the high expectations of the lofty Cub fans and being one of them. Uh, mine aren't that lofty. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. I do want to bring up, and hopefully, because of my age, I have an excuse. I do forget things, and mid-sentence, I can forget where I'm going. Where's, what's my where, excuse? Which is where I'm going right now. But I would actually like to have a little discussion about an incident that happened on Facebook this week with the idea of, would you rather have Mr. Martinez, who's coaching the Nationals and the World Series, or Mr. Cash here, who they have now. That was a incident that happened. I want to discuss that. We got college football. We got a big a big loss this week by Wisconsin going into the Ohio State game on Saturday. Wow, that's right. And we have my New York Jets and this whole hoopla thing about uh, Darnold being mic'd up and saying, I'm seeing ghosts. So we got a, a few things to discuss. Whoa. And, of course, the Buccaneers have the bye week, and they head into Tennessee. To Tennessee. You, you lost me with the Darnell seeing ghosts. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Did you? I, I missed that story. You missed that, and you he, being what, the what, guy you are, being a sports host. junkie. Hence, I know. Ozzy the sports junkie. Did not. Were you watching the game Monday night? And, yeah, and but I, I, like most of America, too, yeah, now, but it was 24 yeah, nothing. Yeah. I mean, they, they were getting nothing done. Well, this happened, I think, if I remember, I think it happened early in the first, somewhere in the first, because this is what happened with me. It was 0-0, beginning of the first. You know, uh, New England gets the ball to start the uh, the game, and I run to the bathroom. And when I come out, they're down seventeen nothing. And all I was doing is peeing. Yeah, didn't even take any time reading material in with you. Peeing. That's all. 
35 seconds later, the Jets are down 7 to nothing. I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. It was 24 nothing. They took 7 off the board. I think it was a penalty at some point. Well, somewhere in that time frame, they had Darnold mic'd up during the game. So they decided to let people hear an incident that he said... Yeah. yeah, he sits down. He's still cool and calm. I think they were down 10 nothing at the time. Maybe it was 14 nothing. I know it was 10 or 17. Anyway, he said at that time, he looks over to his left and just says, I'm seeing ghosts. What does that mean? Well, in my opinion, nobody's really said anything. To me, the defense was all of a sudden, I think, through a couple of uh, interceptions that it looked like guys were open. And the next thing you know, oh, people I are see. in. That was my interpretation, but I didn't think anything of it. Maybe they get the Long Island medium out there. Look, whatever it was, it didn't seem anything that bad. It didn't seem bad to me anyway. I thought it was kind of funny that he, this, and my interpretation was, and it looked that way anyway. The guys were all over the place, and he was not seeing the field very well, and bad things were happening. So anyway, the next day in the post is a big thing about Gase, the, the coach, being upset that this is what they aired. It was unfair to Darnold. And next thing you know, everybody's talking about it. Like, I go into Publix, and people know I'm a Jet fan, saying, hey, you're seeing ghosts? Wow. And I'm telling them, to me, I don't understand what the hoopla is about. He said it. He was cool, calm, and collected. They were swarming. It was kind of funny to me. Why are people making a big deal about it? Why is the ESPN being harassed by, by gays of the Jets about the whole situation and threatening that they have any of his players marked up again? That's ridiculous. You know, speaking of ESPN and the New York Jets, they, they got so much mileage out of that butt fumble. Which I really didn't think was you the funniest. Sanchez? That, was, that went on for like five Agreed. years. I don't I think know. it was. The, there's way more funny highlight clips than that. He just simply ran into his lineman, and he really didn't even run into his ass. He ran into his back. It was unbelievable. They they milked that for way too long. It wasn't fun. It was funny the first week. You ever see the uh, bloopers by NFL Films and all that? I mean, those things have much more craziness than the butt Way more. He slipped and fell into the guy's upper back. He didn't fall ass first into it. Oh, it's tushy. It's tushy. That thing lasted for 10 years. The butt bubble's number one. It still goes on. Well, Jesus, if if that's what passes for humor, I must be Don Rickles. No, I, the whole thing was a joke. The game was a joke. Really I was. had see. This is where you look at teams or you look at uh, previous games and get caught up in it. I see Jets go and home and play Dallas with Darnold coming back after four weeks hiatus with mononucleosis and becoming the player of the week, 328 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and just just manage the game beautifully. All right. Yeah. So there, that I had faith. I didn't know if they were going to win against the Patriots on Monday night, but I expected the team to play real well. And I expected the defense with Mosley to come back, and the defense really had been playing well. You could forget about the numbers and all that. They're on the field a lot. They had the offense did nothing for those weeks with Falk and Seaman at quarterback, second and third stringers, guys who shouldn't even be in the NFL. I knew the Jets' offensive line was bad, but they played better against Dallas. So I expected between that and the defense, the Jets to play a good game. I put this solely on Gaze, the you know the head coach of the team, and Greg Williams who comes over over as a defensive coordinator and you know all the hoopla coming over he coached cleveland last year when uh what's his name got fired right and ended up putting cleveland and mayfield back on the map they played really well he gets canned for another coach but we remember the incident with the um uh the bounty that was put on by the saints i love the bounty and he was fined by a year you know a year by the nfl by a year he was banned for life no, well, he wasn't banned for life. He ended up coming back. Mark, look at the original the original ruling. He was banned for life. I don't recall that. But oh, all, I do. All I know is 
I love that, the audio. You, it, gentlemen, you see the knee? You want to crack above that knee? You kill that knee, the leg goes. All right, now we're looking at Anderson. You kill that, he's got a concussion. You kill the head, the body will die. You know the way. You know the score, $1,000. It hits it. Hit, 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 hit. Well, where was that on Monday night? The Jets' defense was so soft. It you was, want to reinstitute it? No, but I mean, I come would. on. You're, I'll do it. You get your guy back, Mosley, who they signed to a big contract, who had a great first game leading into the injury when they were up 16-0 against Buffalo. He goes out, and next thing you know, they lose 17-16. Anyway, it's his first game back. Inspired, you would think. Monday night football. Greg Williams should have a game plan of attack, attack, attack. They were so soft in the, in the secondary. They, were, they could not rush the passer. They didn't throw any blitzes or anything yeah. like that. It was a horribly coached game. They didn't make any adjustments at half time and they should be ashamed of themselves because they embarrassed the Jets they embarrassed embarrassed those fans and it was a complete travesty and I'll be very curious what happens this week up in Jacksonville when they uh, when they're up there this week could it be a one and done for your your uh Gason crew could they get run out after uh, one year know, uh, it's not fair I wouldn't do to that me. to a rookie quarterback because then then he's not coached Number three, and you might as well write, write him off. I don't think you fire the coach, but the coach has to maybe make some changes. So if things don't happen to, uh, to increase or get better as the season progresses, you might see Greg what Williams I want to know, Jake, where the fuck is Le'Veon Bell? This guy was the hot well, ticket item. He looks like a, a third stringer at best. Look at me, all right? And look at my eyes and listen to what I have to say. I'm there looking. is They have the worst, the worst the worst offensive line in Jet history and the worst offensive line in football right now. Levy, the fact that Levy and Bell had 15 carries and 70 yards against New England on Monday day is a testament to his abilities because wow. that offensive line, it's not all about Darnold and all the interceptions in the bad game. Sure. He was being pressured, and at some point he ended up getting to this habit of throwing off his back foot. Wow, not only did I miss the ghost comment, I missed the uh, 75 yards because I, like most Americans, 70. 15 I, carries, I phased 70 yards. Out. I phased that sucker out at half because I couldn't watch it. Well, anymore. I left, me as a fan, my son's over, Josh is over, and we're watching the game, and the reason why he was over is because his fiance is a Patriot fan. Not an obnoxious one, but a Patriot fan. Okay. So he felt better coming over to my house, which is 10 minutes away. In the middle of the third quarter, I looked at my son, I go, look, you stay. Whatever you want to do, you know, it's your house as well as ours. I'm going to bed. I went upstairs. I guess it was 10.30 or so, and that was it. Oh, Woke a- up, checked out the score, 33 nothing. didn't surprise me. It's a late night for you. Well, when the Jets play, I'm, I'm watching the whole game unless it's a, unless it's a blowout. Like, look, I was so disgusted and embarrassed by the whole thing. I had seen enough. They weren't – look, you have hope. Midway through the second period, I'm sure. thinking, okay, we score now. But then another interception. I'm just thinking, the you know what? It was over. It was over it, by the first quarter. Well, as a Jet fan, I was hoping that maybe one turnover, interception, fumble, return, touchdown, they get the ball back and they score again and we're back in it. That's how I'm thinking. I'm a fan. I'm believing and having faith that in the second quarter, we can do, do something miraculous and come back. I was a fool. So you think that if you just put enough passion and enough thought and enough, enough will, you will yourself that maybe this team, correct, you can get the results of all your hard thoughts and prayers and ener- positive energy. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't work. No, well, well some, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. but sometimes if you still have enough belief, something if you will it enough, it will happen. I guess uh, as fans, look, it happens. This is how we think. If you don't think I like know. that way, Oz. I've been thinking that way for years. All right, we get a touchdown. We get onside kick, recover, touchdown. Onside kick, recover, touchdown. Another touchdown, onside kick, recover. 48 points we're going to make up at half. There was a Monday night football game. 
Against where the, the Bears? Jets were playing. No, Jets were playing the Miami Dolphins. I don't know. Maybe it was 12 years. Whatever Vinny Testaverde was quarterbacking 10 years ago, whatever. Lot, I recall like the game. That. I recall the game. And the Jets were down 20, I think it was 28-7 in, to start the fourth quarter. Yep. They went on to win the game, and the last touchdown was caught by um, an offensive lineman. They had him in as like a tight end, and it was just a miraculous moment. So, yes. You can will things. And I believe it or not, watch that whole game. That wasn't one of those games where I said, I'm going to bed. I'm done. And those are when the games run at 9 o'clock, not at 8.15. Wasn't there also a Jets-Bears game where the Jets made a miraculous comeback? Don't remember. That was way back then, like the 90s. Don't remember that. But anyway, so yes, you will it. You will it. But this game, you could just see. We're at the Patriots. World champions. We're at home. And it just, it was not there. Midway through the third quarter, I threw up my arms and said, you know what? If I wake up. And they win the game, great. But I'm not staying up to watch it. The numbers were ugly, my friend. They were horrible. Total yards, New England 323 to the Jets 154. Passing 250 to 74. You want to continue on this conversation? You want to just drill me with it? Third down, the Jets, the Patriots were 7 to 16. The Jets, 2 of 11. Not going to get anything done. They were. Again, embarrassing, disgusted Eight to watch. Eight penalties for 60 yards. I had to deal with people because I said to people who are I, plenty of Patriot fans come through Publix. They know I'm a Jet fan. We talk about it in a civil way for the most part. And I told every one of them, I go, don't be cocky. Jets have a chance in this game. They're going to keep the game close. I don't know if they're going to win. It was embarrassing. They Six came turnovers. in Tuesday morning. Everybody would start. I'm saying, first of all, stop with the ghost. And secondly, it was an embarrassment. I'm disgusted and I'm, I, I, I feel ashamed of myself. Well, don't take it personally. Well, that's what you do as a fan. I you know, know you that. Do. Your whole day's ruined. Anyway, so enough well, of that. You know what I should shoot it back with? Well, what do you expect? We suck this year. What am I going to defend this? I am not saying and giving into the fact we suck. Well, I'll year. say it's a rebuilding process. You want to take it outside, sir? <laughs> you and your one banana are going to have a very rough afternoon. I will uh, walk you back to, to the St. Armand's village of convalescent home. With your beatdown. Well, I, I always think that, you know, if you're an av- at least an average team with capabilities after a loss like that, like like the Bucks had the previous week in Carolina and London, whether they're going to bounce back. Will the Jets show up in Jacksonville? I expect it will be a totally different team. Again, I'll say I don't know if they'll win. This is not the New England Patriots. They have a chance to win the game. And Jacksonville, at least keep it close. Now, let's look at the Buccaneers. They come off the horrible defeat, you know, the horrible game by Jameis in London. Now they're going to Tennessee, who is one of those teams where they're not very good, but they're not very bad. They're competitive. Hot and cold, they'll get Ryan Tannehill so we don't have to listen to the endless comparison between Mariota and Winston. It, God, who cares? It is unbelievable, though. And you, I, that was my first question. And I'll get to my unbelievable, God though. Damn, is, I mean, Tannehill, is Tannehill definitely starting? Yes, he is. All right. About, who I, by the way, I said, bring him into Tampa Bay. Let's get a look at him. We don't, we don't bring in quarterbacks. We're set for the for next decade. Well, this is a guy that the Jets gave his quarterback, was a coach for Tannehill for three years in Miami. They finally let him go. They bring in Josh Rosen and Fitzpatrick, and they're battling out over there for what? I don't know. And now Mariota, who is was the first pick in the draft by Tennessee, or was it the right? Second. Second with with uh, Jameis going to right. the Buccaneers. And look what has tra- no, transpired. Neither one of them has lived up, to, lived up to the potential. I don't care how bad or good the teams are. And neither T- one will be on the team next year. Jameis is not is, – is, 
qualified as we thought he was playing for Florida State, which is a high-end program and winning national championship. And Mariota was great for Oregon, but he was more, he could throw the ball, but he was more known for his ability, like a Steve Young, to run, run upfield. And the question is, why hasn't Tennessee used that? Are they afraid of him getting hurt? If they are, then he shouldn't be playing. He's not a bad quarterback, not a bad thrower, but part of his success is his ability to go upfield and run. Well, neither one of them are going to be on their perspective teams next year. I wouldn't assume. Who would you take then? If you were a team. I don't want you... either. All right. I'm can not I have a new. Can I, can I, have, I want choice number three, Don Pardo. I want behind what's behind curtain number three because the first two are a big fat guy with pigs. The second, remember the, the, uh, the loser prize on uh, Let's Make a Deal? Wah, wah. I got a fat girl in a tub. I'll take the fat girl and the pigs over Mariota and Winston combined. All right, so we talked about this in the last podcast. By the way, no holds barred, Ozzy and Jake. I'm done. It's it's one of those days where we came unprepared, but of course you find something to talk about right now. Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, will they re-sign him for $30 million or whatever it takes? Mariota, will he get his job back from Tannehill in Tennessee? If not, is he finally released? Who would you rather have? And I'm not saying Buccaneers are going to have either one of them because they're not. But the bottom line is, if you're a team out there and you have some quality talent, but you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a great draft pick coming up, maybe 8th, 10th, or something like that, you know you might not get that quality quarterback that you want, Tua, Jalen Hurst, Hebert, whoever's out there. What do you do? Do you go after Mariota? Do you take him back into your program and say, you know what, we're going to bring you back to Oregon, and we're going to let you also know that you can run the ball upfield so be it when you feel like it. You don't have to be strictly a pocket passer and an occasional, because that's his strength. As far as Jameis, I have yet to figure out exactly what his strengths are. I saw a guy who can take it upfield at times with Florida State. I've seen it occasionally in the NFL, but his decision-making has been questioned right from the start where he didn't have that problem. Maybe a little bit in his senior year at Florida State. But the bottom line is, what do you do with Jameis? Where is his strengths? What are his weaknesses? And how do you fix it? Well, the ACC, Jake, is not the NFL. There's no NC States. There's no Georgia Techs. There's no cream puffs. I don't care how bad the Jets, the, the Jaguars are playing well, the Bills. There's no gimmies in the NFL. Any given Sunday, anybody can whip your ass as opposed to college well, football. I would say right now the Dolphins are close to it. They're well, they're, of, they, yeah, they're, bottom, they're, they're, they're getting, the bottom of the barrel. They're getting closer. They played very well up in Buffalo. And actually, if it wasn't – bad, team bad teams make mistakes – and that was the problem with Miami. They kept the game close despite making mistake after mistake after mistake. They, they were actually outplayed Buffalo. If, if they're in there, they're, they've alluded to the fact that, sure, we are looking forward to the future and we are trading people for draft picks because we want to load up because in two years we're going to be good. But who's to say these guys in two years are going to be available? A, and B, who's to say you draft a guy like the, the big Thor out of uh, Clemson and he's any good at all? I mean, he, three years in college is a long time now. He might be burnt out by the time he hits the NFL. What's his and name he hasn't again? exactly looked that great name. this year. What's his name? No, he's had a difficult season. He's had a there. difficult season, and he looks like, you know what he looks like? He looks like a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Generally, you don't look like that until you hit the NFL. So my, my thoughts on him are a little shaky well, as the days go on. I'll tell you what. You can say that, but if he brings them to another national championship, oh, yeah, sure. then you got to squash that because what he did last year as a freshman— to do all, with the playoff, you know, then they, you know, when Jameis was around, Mariota and all, so many other people, there was no playoff system. It is so much more difficult to win a national championship because you know when to get there, you have to play 
two of the four or six or eight best teams in the country basically in back-to-back games. The, the thing that sucks for him is he came out a true freshman and started, so he has to play three years of college football before he's... No, he has to be out of foot, he has to be out of high school for three seasons That's until he can be drafted. Uh, so not only this year, Jake, he's got to play another year next year. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor and, Lawrence. And I think that is... I'm sorry, that uh, that is absurd. It is, too. Let I think, the, let the, if the guy wants to go make a living, if he wants to leave college after his first year and open up a business and become some tech giant or he whatever, or he wants to go into plumbing, whatever it is, he's allowed to do it, make money and get out. Why shouldn't the court... Are they worried about his health? He's not physically mature? I don't buy that because some... You know, again, depending on the position... He's a beast. Here's the thing. Here's the deal. He gets out of high school. He's 18. Last year was 19. They're at 18. But you're old enough to drink. I'm considering you a man. that You could be drafted at 21. If a team wants to take a chance on a guy. Absolutely. And my also opinion is, and I know this, I, I guess a lot of people would dispute it because of the situation that could occur to the colleges. But if the player wasn't drafted in the position that he thought he could make the money that he wanted to, then he should be allowed to go back to college. And I know that's... That's a tough position to take, to give a kid that much uh, responsibility to do that and also screw the team. Because if you're Clemson and you know the guy's going to come out, but he can come back in, what do you do? Do you go out and recruit another great quarterback to replace him? And that guy, and how do you, you know, you might have made some promises to him that he was going to start. So I know that's a little bit unfair, but something to that extent. But I do believe that a a freshman quarterback, a freshman player out there who thinks he can make money and wants him to go. leave college, let him go. Let him go. If you, if you fall on your face, good. It's or, a lesson for other kids who won't do it. Or he gets drafted fifth or becomes – he doesn't get drafted. It has to be signed as a free agent. Has, but that's his choice. Just Is that a new a rule that's coming into effect? Because I remember some freshman kids don't – don't you recall some freshmen coming out of college who tore it up in the NFL or at least being drafted? In my mind, yes. I think it's – Was Herschel Walker drafted after a freshman year? I believe he was. No? I don't think so. Remember all the controversy back in 1980? They gave the Heisman to George Rogers because they wouldn't give it to Herschel Walker, who had clearly the better year because he was a freshman. Big deal if he's a yeah, freshman. There's, their, um, their reasonings back then, kind of like the, some of the NCAA rules. Goofy. We don't know who they are, but yeah. they all of a sudden rules and NCAA rules. We don't know who people. What It's like we know the Supreme Court. We know the people. So when decisions are made, we know who they are. I'm the not NFL pay. rules, guys, I, I, and Southern <laughs> hayseed sucking rednecks, but they're a bunch of hayseed. You got a nut, dab old Sweeney, we're going to get together this weekend with Cletus and Leroy and work through the combine at Jackson, Mississippi. Could you imagine a worse Mississippi? Oh, my God. People love it. I'm sure. Flat, hot, humid, and uh, grunting. Redeeming what? value about other than Biloxi. I don't know because I haven't been there. But I I'm have. Sure, there's some nice places there. No, I haven't. I have not been there. It seems flat. It seems even grosser than the middle of Florida, if that's possible. Well, seemingly, it's like saying, you know what, well, that food doesn't look good, so it can't taste good. Good, or you 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 see some uh, images of it, and it doesn't look like your place. Your cup of tea doesn't mean it's not a great place. Oh, States are big. I know. Like people think New York City. Is you know the whole state? The state is big. You go outside New York City. Let's you go up into the suburbs. Oh, into the, drop that gorgeous! It's like Montana, yeah, or oh, North Carolina. Beautiful. There's no mountains in Mississippi. What Mount Biloxi? Again, how do you She's know a that? 
Just talking out of your hours butt. An hour. That's all you are. No holds barred. Talking out of your butt. I, I want to start a riot with Mississippi. Jacobson. I'm looking to start a riot with Mississippi. Jake, I think we got the mayor. Uh, our producer, Pete, give me the uh, the mayor of Mississippi. The governor of Mississippi is on the line now. That's Cletus D. Stankfanger. Tell, uh, tell the, the good mayor we're not in. We're not in. We don't. I'm trying. I'm try- no on air phone calls. Uh, um, yes, I'm trying to find some information. Speaking of yes. Southern and Florida, what a day. And we'll get into it more in depth. But went to Tampa with yourself, your son, Josh, up to Aaron's Jacobson's condo, your, your other son. In Channelside. In Channelside. And I'm, in a, I'm here to tell you, a day that will live in infamy. A day, not infamy, a day that will live in the, in the cockles of my mind. What a day we had. What a breakfast we had. And I can't thank you enough for including me on your, in on your family outing. Ah, I had a Cuban. I, God, I wish I remember the name of it. It was called the Hemingway Cuban. It was a pressed Cuban breakfast sandwich that had chorizo. I was trying to tell Fernandez because he's a massive foodie. I said, dude, you got to get your ass up there. And it was like in an old renovated building that had been reconstituted. It's like a warehouse. Dude, there wasn't a girl or a girl that I saw our entire time there who wasn't drop dead gorgeous at 830 in the morning in Tampa. Nine o'clock or whatever time it was. I mean, it was just like a, a, a fashion show. Of it was a set. It was an orgy for the senses: sight, sound, taste, and smell. Well, I, my 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 f- most favorite a meal of the day is always breakfast. <laughs> wow, I know you are a huge. And who is who doesn't love a good breakfast? And, and I love the idea of going out with friends like we did, and my kids, and sitting Great down, time, and man. you know, you have your cup of coffee, and you're I talking sports. It, it's NFL Sunday, and because my my Tampa experience is generally just go to a Lightning game or go to the casino, which is nowhere near downtown Tampa. But I'll tell you what, looking out of of Aaron's patio there, and you can see the casino, or the, uh, the, the the boat yard, the boat yard where the I mean, let's face it, that town is basically built around the whole cruise terminals. Then you look to the right, and there's the Ice Palace. You look to the left, and if Sternberg doesn't see the gold mine, the gold mine that he could have, because all I saw were, besides the brand-new, quaint, cool places, were buildings that needed to be leveled and empty lots that just were screaming, money, revenue, money, revenue. Like I said before we started the show— there used to be a sign in the end zone at the old Tampa Stadium that said Tampa, America's next great city. And no more time than now, it was it was applicable in the 70s. And I think it's really applicable now. That town could be a gold mine. It is a gold mine now. It could be a multi-gold mine. You know the Gates and uh, Binnick, the owner of our Lightning, they're putting $2 billion in the renovation of downtown Tampa. From what I see, bravo, gentlemen. Bravo. And pick up your third partner, Mr. Sternberg, because he's waiting. Talk him in. Go take him out to lunch, you two, and talk him into bringing a baseball stadium into Ebor and tell him to get three bank accounts because you're not going to be able to hold all the money in one. If you have not, and I'm speaking to you out there, if you have not been up to Tampa, if you're listening in the you know the Tampa market, Sarasota, Northport, Port Charlotte, whatever it is, or Hillsborough County, if you have not been up to that area of Tampa, if you have not been to Channelside and Harbor Island and Hyde Park and uh, Ebor City, because that is all we're talking about. Some of it is walking distance. Some of it is uh, shuttle distance because sure. they have a shuttle there that runs till 2 a.m. in the morning. And some of it is a five-minute car ride. That's it. Ten minutes if you get lights and stuff like that. There is, and the highway 
75 is right there, which also leads into 275, which also could lead into I-4. There's so much access there. Yes, they might have to put into, you know, buses or something like that if you want to bring a ballpark in there. They will. I think it would be a great idea, but, you know, mass trans- mass transportation, so you don't have to be in the cars all the time. Like sure. Like in the bigger cities, New York, Chicago, Boston, and all that. But. The area is so happening now. There's so much going on. There is a reason why, not just that the Lightning are a great team, but the fact is Emily, uh, Emily Arena is situated in such a great area of Channel Side. And again, two, uh, five minutes away from Ebor City, five minutes away from Harbor Island, and just the whole, uh, you know, surround the areas is just so accessible. Jake, I just had a, I just had a brainstorm. Okay, say you take 75 here in Sarasota or anywhere south of Tampa you want to get up to the city and you want to go to a ball game, be it lightning, be it concert, be it whatever, say New Rays Park, I wouldn't necessarily say a cruise because you don't want to leave your car there. They put right there at the Selman Exchange where you zoom off the interstate, put massive parking lots and have about a four-rail train that just zooms in and out. Well, I'll Zooms you, in and out. How if, cool would that be? If you go, um, I mean, Yankee Stadium is very different. The Bronx is still old, but they have the trains there. But, as expensive as parking is there, they, they did basically what you said. They built uh, parking lots surrounding uh, Yankee Stadium um, where there's one side of it has the old buildings of the Bronx and the other side is near the highway. And it's just a mountainous, not, well, maybe not, but it's just bulk of parking inside. And it's accessible because once you get outside the parking lot, you're, you know, whatever, 150 yards away from the stadium. Right. So, I mean, you can build these massive parking lots, and then you can make them now architecturally, which will fit into the area and won't be a horrible sore eye for the, uh, you know, for the people around the area. Well, you know, we didn't have any problem parking because it was 8.30 on a, not a game day or anything. We parked wherever we wanted. There was zero traffic at, at 9 uh, on a Sunday morning. And I, couldn't believe, I just couldn't believe I hadn't been on that end of, of Tampa that's what I'm saying. You the, build, to, the, the growth down there is just is staggering, and they, I don't even think they've scratched the surface. The fact that they built in this little area of Channel Side, which is great, because again, oh. my son lives five minute walking to to Amelie Arena. He basically can go because he, he's in the press. He can go to the first period if he doesn't want to use the bathroom there. He can walk back to his condo, literally, could use the and bathroom. get back for the second <laughs> second period. It's unbelievable. And then you have this other thing called uh, like it's like a little fisherman's wharf area. I forget something wharf. I'll yeah. find the area. And in that area is restaurants and outside area seating. And there's a place for bands like yourself can play. They have artificial turf. You could sit down. So you got that. And then you have this shuttle, which takes you from uh, uh, past Amelie Arena right up to Ybor City, which is a five-minute shuttle ride. I know it runs right outside the Ramada there. I think it's a Ramada. It's a beautiful hotel right there where the Champion Sports Bar is. If you've ever been in there, it's spectacular. All the all the bigwigs stay there when Super Bowls are in town. They have like a movie, a movie theater-sized screen with stadium seating and including a sports bar. It's just, just a great scene down there. And the fact that the Lightning, a hockey team in Florida, has the best run organization in all of sports and they haven't had an empty seat in five years, what more proof do you need that things work down there? If you do it right, things work. And, you know, Tampa gets a crack. Tampa, sure, it could be a phony front-running town, but nowhere near the, the phoniness of Miami, of Atlanta. Atlanta's a horrible sports town. Um Oh, the you, fans, put a, you put a winner in Tampa, people yeah. show up. They show up in droves. Look at the now uh, the light. The Rays are a bad example because that's a they're planning on that. That dead horse has been beaten so hard. 
if that stadium is downtown Tampa, where we're talking about, I think they get, you and I put the number at, what, 18,000, 20,000? That's a given. I bet you they'd have 25,000 nightly at a new uh, ballpark in Ybor City. I can't uh, argue that. And how if you how have can a, you not? And if you continue with this quality team, and yeah, that's the other thing, too. They're not a loser. They're not a sad sack. And I think they would spend money. And by the way, talking about the Rays and the state, what are they going to do with Charlie Morton? Oh, man. Is he's he gonna, a free agent now? Yeah, he's a two-year deal. Oh, it was a two-year deal. I could be mistaken, but okay. I think it's a two-year deal uh, at 10 per. But he's going to want to bump. You don't think it's arbitration? He's arbitration eligible. I could be wrong. If I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll look that up. I'll get a man on that. No, you won't. You'll yeah. rely upon me. All right, look that up, Jake. Oh, by the um, way, this area in Channel Side that I talked about, with these, which is a literally a two-minute walk from my son's place, yes. and most of Channel Side, is a place called Sparkman Wharf. That's what it's called. Sparkman Wharf. And uh, by the way, you know how a city is growing besides having a ballpark there, like Channel Side in Tampa or Harbor Island having Amelie Arena? What's that? Is when you have a Publix. A Publix Channel, Side's ha- Channel Side has their own Publix now. Wow. Just built it. Maybe you get transferred up there and, you know, you stay with uh, Aaron. Oh, I'd love to. And now, what am I looking, <laughs> what am I looking up? We're looking at Charlie Morton's contract uh, Charlie status. Morton. I think he got a two-year 10 per. And if that's the it's case. It's a steal. Absolute steal. Well, I'd like to be his, his uh, agent because they're going to come in heavy at about $27 million. I got to find out how old he is, but what he did for the Rays this year. Uh, just... He was a Brave and then a Met, was it? No, he's a Pirate, then a Met. No, he's I, a Pirate, then I, a uh, Astro. Two year contract, $30 million. So they got a. So look, the Rays paid $15 million a year for two years. All right, so $30 million, but $15 million for one guy for a contract. I mean, that's. That's, that's showing that's the fans something. The, yeah, absolutely. Just showing the fans because they were cutting anybody who made any money at all at the beginning of last year. So, once again, you could call Sternberg a lot of things. He's not that that cheap or he doesn't at least put a little money into the team. Now, uh, I'm trying to find out his age now. He's in his uh, 32, 31. Uh, I think he's on the phone. We gotta, is that Morton? No, Landlord. Uh, cancel, cancel him. We don't need to talk to no, him. No, but it is impressive that they actually gave money. I mean, hell and, yeah. And I'm sure not that. I mean, Houston's suffering, but I, I, I think Houston would like to have him back there. You know, because he's a, a much better pitcher now than Grunky is. Yeah, this year he is. Yeah, Grunky's pretty much the end of his string. I mean, Grunky's well, going. He was hot about ten years ago. He went to the no. He played great for the Dodgers. Built him. Started with Kansas City. Goes to the Dodgers, and right. then he goes free agent or traded to Arizona. And Arizona, after what was this his first year there or first full second year or there? Third, second, second year, uh, maybe his second year. Jettison. They jet, yeah, they jet him off to Houston, which was a good pickup. But the guy has not been the same pitcher. How about Ryan Zimmerman last night? You had a feel for this guy. He's been in their organization, as they say in hockey, fifteen years. He's the first player selected as a national home run first game ever in the World Series. I'm pulling hard for those Washington Nationals I'm and Davey not, Martinez. I'm not. I said, well, okay, then we, uh, and I'll first tell you why. Brian, Brian, Bryce Harper put a bad taste in my mouth in Washington. Exactly. Oh. And the fact that he, the way he handled himself, he seems like an ar- just a real arrogant guy. So something about him and there's a dislike. And I know he took a lot of heat uh, for leaving Washington. Look, Washington offered him a lot of money. Sure. And he left, and he, you know, the whole thing, I always wanted to be in Philadelphia and all I, that. He really? Left, he left for the money. Okay, that's fine. But because he's such an arrogant guy, in my opinion, 
That, that, now he's on the line. That, now he's on the line. That did it in for me. So, Who the hell said they want to spend their time in Philly? So now I hate Philly for because of Bryce Harper. And, and, good, I, and I still have a chip on my shoulder against Washington. But I got to give them credit. They got some... First of all, they, they spend money. They have a great pitching staff. Scherz is phenomenal. They saw that out of Detroit, signed him to a big contract, Strasburg. They go out and get Corbin. They got these young players like Soto last night. I mean, I watched them all year being in the Met fan and watching the National League. These kids are studs. Davey Martinez done a great job there. And according to Gopher Greg, well. Wait, David, yes, okay. Here's the deal. For, if you listen to the beginning of No Holds Barred with Ozzy and Jake, I brought up that one of the things I wanted to discuss. There was an incident that happened on Facebook. Well, oddly enough, Gopher Greg will be in here. Uh, well, I don't know. Give some buffer time. I, well, don't want to, I don't want to throw it out. Well, I'm not hanging out with him. I mean, <laughs> no, not that. No, no. It's not that I don't like Greg and I have no of issues course. with him, but I, I, I'm on time restraints here. I of can't sit there and argue with him. I don't blame you. Who but would uh, want to? When a guy puts out a thing, which is was a legitimate thing, where he said uh, that he would rather have Dave, and again, I'm paraphrasing, he Facebook posted he'd rather have Dave Martinez than Cash. And I wrote back basically saying Dave Martinez has a lot to work with there. He's got, you know, the three studs of pitches and Corbin and Strasburg and and, uh, Scherzer, and then he's got all these young studs. First, he got Rondon, who could be the MVP, who's just one of the most underrated players I've seen in my lifetime. And what a year he had with Washington. What a year he has had in Washington. Then you got these young studs and and guys like Soto. This is a stacked team. Last year, they they lost in the playoffs or first-round wildcard or whatever it was with, uh, with Bryce Harper David Martinez. So this year he takes him to a point of World Series. That's great, and I get it. But what what Cash has done this year with this team, after a couple of subpar seasons, he's put it together with a bunch of unknowns, an injury-riddled starting staff, and they get it to the wild card. Yes, they lost, but the fact is, in comparison to pure talent and money invested, Martinez has all that compared to what Cash has. And that was my only point. It wasn't criticizing him. It was my opinion that Dave Martinez had an advantage because of the money that they spent and the players that Washington has. Thank you. That's Jake Jacobson. And it was totally, uh, they're talking about the ghost. And you, had, you had the Ray guy and he had the... Uh, and there's nothing wrong with Martinez and all that. The both great managers. How do you like that? But what, what Cash has done, ha- he has to be the manager of the year. Yes, it's the NFL, the uh, National League versus the American League. I don't know if Martinez is going to win it. I have no clue. But Cash deserved it over the guy like Aaron Boone. And yes, they had a great season as well. But when you're talking about a team that spends $220 million and has all this talent, yes, they were a little short staff in the pitching uh, department starting-wise, but their lineup from top to bottom was stacked. And I'm talking about the Yankees. So you can't, again, Boone sure. did a great job. You have to be a good manager when you have a lot of talent, a lot of hitters. You've got to make things wor- wor- work. Wow. But what Cash has done, I'm sorry, Martinez, Aaron Boone, it doesn't matter. Cash was the best manager this year in baseball, bar none. Don't argue with me. That, that one will go down. Let, we'll let them debate it out, but I think Cash wins the, the uh, manager of the year. How about this one? AL Rookie of the Year, Soto or Meadows from the Rays. Meadows finished with 33 home runs. He had 291. A lot of clutch hits, but Soto still getting it done. I know that you're not supposed to base it on postseason performance. He had three for four last night with a home run, a huge night. He's 20 years old. Good and I know, I, I mean, I, how, oh, old, how is, 24, 25 years old? Maybe. Something like that. Yeah, great, both had great season. Both are cornerstones you can build around. And Soto's also playing, again, you have to, 
I guess you don't want to put this into consideration, but I guess you have to. You're playing in a much different market, much more be- uh, baseball, he- uh, you know, heavily uh, integrated. Uh, 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 what, Washington? Washington? It's a bigger, you know, it's a bigger city. It's a bigger market. It's a harder market to succeed because if you fail, you get beat up. It's a lot different here. Trust me. I know the press from the big cities, Chicago, uh, New York, Washington. Yeah, they're they're on a you. lot. They are a lot easier on you than... Of course, what happens up in in those bigger cities, bigger and, markets? And I mean, it, there's no question, the press in Tampa Bay, you get about four writers on you every night, as opposed to Washington, I'm sure you get eight. New York, you get 48. I mean, there's got to be 40 microphones of the same guys every night in your face. So with the big contracts come the big pressure. Charlie Morton is 35 years old. 35. And he, he seems to be a better pitcher now than he's ever been. So he, they got him for one more year. He's secure. Now, with that, I don't like jumping ahead, but we're going to jump a little bit ahead. If the Rays foul next year and they still have the, you know, of course they have this oh, contract. You trade him and get a, a gold mine. Absolutely. There'll be a playoff contending team that will want to jump in where you can get, you save yourself some money and get yourself some pl- prospects or sure. even a good player as well. Well, hopefully that, that they're in the, in the uh, yes. race next year, and then Morton leads them to an AL charge once again. The, the, the Rays are always going to be kind of handcuffed, competing against the, the pitless money pit that is the New York Yankees because they'll spend whatever it takes, and pretty much so will the Red Sox. Well, put 25,000 people in the stands. Sponsors are going to jump on board. You're right. And, and maybe money- maybe you could put up $140 million, $50 million, maybe close to 175 Tell you... I noticed all those luxury boxes, corporate sponsors are filling Ray J and they fill uh, Amelie. Here's the bottom line, though. When you do spend that kind of money, and we saw that in the beginning of the uh, Ray's tenure, um, when Namoli was the owner of the team, he right. went out and got the Consecos and all these star players spent the money, which, of course, is nothing near what it is now. But at that time, it was a lot of money and it failed. You have to be smart. Cashman has learned from mistakes. He's invested in the team. He's put a lot of money into it. The Dodgers have done the same thing. And for the bottom line is, when you look at that, they did the right thing. They're competitive teams. Maybe the Dodgers didn't win World Series. And they were upset, of course, by Washington in the last game when Kershaw had the meltdown. But the bottom line is they're successful. The Yankees are as well. And, of course, the Washington Nationals invested in Scherzer's and Strasburg's and Corbin's coming in. They invested in the pitching staff. They, they drafted properly like the Rays have done. You know? you so, That's so why I'm get, pulling for them. They're all, they're all, they've been competitive since they came into the league from, from, from Montreal. If you're going to spend money, the bottom line is, and what I'm trying to get the point is, if you're going to spend money, you've got to spend money on the right people. And I think the Rays have that capacity or the capabilities to do that. It, I think they have had a really good draft system, a really good general manager in place throughout the last 10 years, and they've done themselves good. And now if they can only find a ballpark, a place stationary that will bring in 25,000 people a game, Sponsorship goes up, revenue goes up, and it's a win-win situation. That's what it is, Jake. It's not all, but people think that asses in the seats get paid salaries. That's part of it, but it's, it's part, a small it's a part. Small part of Concessions, it. Concessions, uniforms, and corporate sponsors because they're paying five hundred grand for a booth for all for a, a corporate suite. That and that money they don't have to split with anybody. And the TV network that the Mets have with SNY, the Yankees have, Dodgers have it. Atlanta the Rays has get it. ninety million a year. Now that's not chump change. But you, ha- but you want to have your own network. I don't think. Well, that could come eventually. I don't think. What is it? Uh, what are they on? Sunshine, Sunshine Fox Sports, whatever. whatever it is. Well, it, it went Jake from thirty to ninety, so they did get a sixty million dollar bump. 
And let's face it, ninety million is more than they're paying in salary to begin with. And, so that's all profit from get go. And they're also, of course, in a great division. So the, although we don't like it because tickets are available, the other team brings their own fans from the markets that they're in. People who live in Boston, who live here now, go to the games, Yankees, etc. Which, which is always a good thing, but a bad thing. I think you can cater to that, and we've talked about this a hundred thousand times. But if you've never listened to us, it bears repeating. If this team has a centrally located ballpark with things to do around it, which it does, there's nothing around the drop there. I mean, you could go down to St. downtown St. Petersburg. They don't they don't market it that way. You would come from Orlando and said shuttle or drive in. It's not that bad of a drive from Orlando straight into the ballpark, and then you get people that plan their vacation around. Hey, we're going to Disney. We're going to go see the Mets. Uh, Rays, and then we're going to see a concert, or we're going to go to the casino, or go to the aquarium, or we're going to take a cruise, as opposed to we're going to go to Tampa and then ink our uh, inch our way through brutal traffic for four hours to get over that shithole in St. Petersburg and wonder why we came. And I say that, uh, I use the term affectionately, because I'm a trop guy, I like the trop. For what it is, it's a well, ballpark. Well, that's what it is, it and I is, love a ballpark. It, I'd watch, I'd watch the Rays play in a, a public ball, well, parking lot. Yeah, but for that, for what it is, you go there. Look, the place was hopping during the playoffs. So I, brought, I think I brought this up last week in our last podcast. People showed up for that. They opened up the top decks. It was great. It was electric. My right. friend went. He said it was freaking crazy. Craziest thing he's ever seen. It was. But you know what? You gotta. I'm not saying you gotta be crazy every game. There's 82 games at home. 81, whatever it is. You can't fill it up all the time. You can't be electric every game, but you got to show up at least in a reasonable amount on a consistent basis. You got to well, average twenty five thousand dollar people uh, per game, or at least in that vicinity. It's got to be centrally located. And it's not. It's it's where the people aren't. It'd be like putting a if if the Sarasota had a team, Jake, and the the stadium was in Mayaka Valley, that wouldn't work. You want to put it down where the quay was. I mean, it's got to be where the people are. And that would be the equivalent of, like I said, if the Sarasota had a team and it was, uh, I don't know, way out east on the, the tip of Arcadia or something. I would just That's how ridiculous it is where the, the Rays put that ballpark an hour or so in gridlock traffic away from anybody who wants to go see a game of the 4 million people that live in Hillsboro, Pasco, Pinellas, Pinellas. Uh, excluded. I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm, uh, I'm I mean, done. We, I'm we, done we, talking we, about this. We've talked about it at nausea. I'm sick of talking I'm about nauseous, it. I'm nauseous about it. All right, Wake so, me up when. Well, the, the good news is this, and we'll close the book on any uh, Ray Stadium talk because there's nothing new has happened right. until two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when it was brought to light that the stadium talks are not done with Tampa. Yeah, but I. But, but the, that might be the case. But that Mon- is the case. But Montreal is still included in the in the in this in the scenario. Says that it's them. St- so, I mean, you Did know what? Did you see uh, those two Jagoffs that went to the uh, Oakland playoff game? <laughs> Drove us head to toe in, in uh, Ray's gear. They said, we're the contingency from Montreal headed out. They weren't, they weren't anybody. They just got a couple of free seats. They used their, their uh, my, air miles to fly out of oh, Edmonton. All right, quickly on last night's World <laughs> Series game. Great. Forget about the Great game itself. Game. But when you got two, it was a highest scoring game than expected. Scherzer against Cole. I, this is what I love about playoff baseball is because this is when you have the cream of the crop, not just talent-wise on the field as far as position players, but I love pitching matchups. You get another one tonight, Verlander against Strasburg. This is what I love when you see two great pitchers going head-to-head because in most cases, pitchers are going to win against great hitters. Not all the time because you can't, 
But in most cases, you're going to, and I think we're going to see, after a high-scoring game last night, I expect a much lower-scoring game today. 3-2, three, 2-1, two, two to one, something like that. You think so? Yes. Strasburg went 18-8, and eight, Verlander 21-6. and six. He's going to be the Cy Young in American League. He was better during the year, as good as Cole was, and he faltered yesterday in the play, World Series first game. But Cole was probably, down the stretch, probably the better pitcher than uh, Do you Verlander. know why Verlander gets out of the game? He pitched such a quick game, wants to get home. Because he wants to get home to Kate Upton and those silky milkies. Jesus. She better... They get they shoot her from the waist up. But how he landed that nugget's beyond me because there's better looking guys than him in baseball. She's, she's It's not just about looks, kiddo. You fall in love with the personality, they get better looking. You know what they you say. You like them as a person. Looks as yeah. the eyes of the beholder. Don't fall in love with a dreamer. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I if, mean if a girl just... looks that good at nineteen and that's all it's not, that's all real, it doesn't bode well for Miss Upton. Verlander I've seen her get a little a fine thick. man and a great pitcher. He's a, a great, great guy, guy, and Kate Upton is a she's a very attractive woman. I've spent literally hours holding up the, the <laughs> magazines with one hand. You're sick. <laughs> Come on, move it, lard ass. That's all what right. she said to me when she met, met me that in the. Uh, Bowels. No, in the bowels of the stadium. I oh, met her okay. in the bowels right. of the stadium, Kate. Just making sure yeah. that you weren't talking she about is your dropped. own bowels. You got to say, I don't know if Kate would be in my own bowels. I'd rather have, rather have the other way around. But we're getting in a weird area. Would you not say that she's one of the most beautiful women, and in her prime? What's she about twenty five now? Because she's been a super supermodel. She's been a Sports Illustrated cover girl at least five, six times why, since she was 18. Why am I always the one who have to take the time to look these things well, up? Just, you've What's seen Kate name? Upton. Kate Upton? She's drop-dead gorgeous, and it's uh, all natural. Uh, now, as a guy, who, an aficionado of beautiful women, all natural is something to be said for. All right, Kate Upton is 5'10". Uh, Freaking gorgeous. She's, uh, Kate Upton, where is she? 5'10", uh, big girl. Might line her up at uh, maybe a tight end. Oh. <laughs> uh, Thank you. I'm trying to find the age here. This Once again, easier. a useless, useless waste of NHL tonight. Lightning hosting Pittsburgh at Amley. Game no. meaning nothing. Another sellout. <laughs> well, who would go to it? They're wasting time. Wait till baseball's over. Even the NBA waited till last night. Are to you start. out of your mind? Yeah, no, I'm not. I love hockey so much that I, I am pissed off that they're they have games coinciding with World Series. Wait till baseball's over, and then you start with a bash. She's 27 in your nuts. All right, Ooh, just in your nuts. In my nuts is right. <laughs> I, I mean, you know how much I watched the last night's Houston-Washington uh, game? Literally like a minute. I went back and forth for five seconds to check the score. I was rehearsing with my band, new bass player. Uh, just Came along okay. All right. Coming uh, along, though. Before we uh, end this uh, fine Jesus, podcast. It, it flew by. Yeah, we've been on the air uh, 55 minutes. Pretty good for take. no prep whatsoever. Yes, we can always do that. Now, Who do you that, like this weekend? Well, first of all, last week was for Illinois and Lovey Smith to beat Wisconsin, who was like a 35-point favorite, right. is mind-boggling to me. And it sucks because this week, one of the prime matchups going Ohio into State. the year and then leading it. up to it, at Ohio State, Wisconsin was number, I think, seven uh, or, or eight. If and Ohio State was five. I sent a nice email to the widow uh, Smith saying, I want my money back for the flowers and cards I sent when I thought Lovey died five years ago. Who the hell knew he was alive? 
It's the biggest win since the NFC Championship game instead of the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Since then, he's done nothing. I mean, their Wisconsin's defense was so so unbelievable to lose to, to blow a nine point fourth quarter lead up in. It was uh, in Illinois. Wisconsin, wasn't no, it? It was in Illinois. It was in Illinois. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. Anyway, they were. I would have happened. Yeah. Four, Fourteen in a point. Fourteen and a half point uh, favorites. Ohio State is twelve o'clock game on Fox. That is a prime matchup. Can't wait for the rest of the. Uh, the prime matchups really aren't that many. I'm trying to find out. Oh, Notre Dame against um, uh, Auburn. LSU is a 3:30 game. Great game. Eight one, six and one against seven and zero. Oh. LSU was at number two. Auburn at number nine. That's a big game. Michigan State number six. No, Pence, forget that one. Did, am I mistaken? Did Notre Dame not cover last week? Was that the USC game last week? Uh, was that last week? Was yes. it the week before? They uh, didn't cover. They, didn't they don't cover. don't ever bet on Notre yeah. Dame. All right. Ever. The night game, 7-30, ABC, Notre Dame, numbers, number eight, Michigan, number 19. One's five and one, one's five and two. That is a pick on in Michigan. I think that's going to be a fun game. Thank you. Who do my Irish have? That's who they have, Michigan. Oh, Michigan? Yes, 7.30, ABC. Do you listen Whoa. to what I say? I was trying to find the, uh, the no, music there. Keep you were t- trying to think about what you were just talking about. Well, that's true as well, Jake Jacobson. Don't get sassy with me. I'll raise a hand to you. Break your back. Make a pick off. Switch up to the old switch tree. Thank you, Keith Jackson. Well, let me tell you something. These two big uglies get together on Saturday night. So three prime games. I don't know why I'd be calling it. A, I'm dead. B, I only called CBS game, ABC game. Three three prime games. Wait a uh, second. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Am I dead, Jake? Could you check and see if I'm dead yet? You're alive. Alive and well. He checks and no. Oh. 12 o'clock, West Ohio Friday. State, Wisconsin. 3.30, LSU-Auburn. Oh. 7.30, Michigan, Notre Dame. Oh, There's your games. Oh, let me tell you about Jim Harbaugh and unemployment checks. Seems where I was welcome, Jake. A little bit of a red ass, you ask me. Are you Can't. done? Can't get it done against Ohio State and other miserable holidays for the whole ball. I do miss. I do miss Keith Jackson. You know who I miss? Because he kept Greg freaking Gary Danielson in check is our boy, Vern Lundquist. Danielson is out of goddamn control. I like Danielson. He shuts. He never shuts up. He's got to talk. Everything, every play, a color guy is supposed to just color commentate on the play or whatever. He... He overwhelms the broadcast. It makes it unwatchable. In your opinion. I like him. It's not just my opinion. Go on Twitter. There are thousands and thousands of I hate Danielson Twitter accounts. You're going to Twitter and there's thousands of people that hate you. Well, that's good. All right. (laughs) I can't buy hate me too. But there are thousands of people that like him as well. I'll tell you, the only person I really remember run him out, well, there are a few of them I don't. I'll tell you guys I don't like. And I res- but I respect Joe Theismann had to run a mouth. I didn't hate him, but he ran his mouth. He was, but he was tolerable, in my opinion. Who's he was the sort uh, of tolerable? Uh, Phil Sims was way too over the top. Talked li- too much. I didn't mind Phil Sims. You didn't mind him? No, didn't I mind him. I think Chris is spectacular. Chris he's he's is a kid good. on a, on the rise. He's on the rise. He's, he's very definitely good. on the rise. Very intelligent. Smart also, guy, funny guy. But he also has the, uh, you know, he has the ability which Phil Sims did. He went right like like a Romo, who has the natural uh, abilities to get on the air and go right from one Absolutely. thing to another. From he's got a podcast that you can get daily that he does with Florio after their TV show. Okay. It's spectacular. You're talking about Chris Sims. Yes. Well, this is what I'm saying. You can hone your skills now because you have things like podcasts. You can learn the radio business. Exactly. And he's had experience. I mean, he played in the NFL. It's not just some kid uh, popping off. That's what kind of gets me about the, a lot of these guys. The, the guys who sit on the NFL desk and uh, NFL Network desk in the mornings, besides the the dude who played for the Falcons, um, this Peter Shearer guy. I don't know if he has parents in the business, but he's everywhere, and he's not that. I don't think he's out that outstanding. He's on that show. He's on the the, the Fox 
Sunday show. I think it's, it's one of his in-laws only network or name? something. Peter Shearer. Oh, the guy on the uh, on Fox who stands at the side during yeah. the, uh, with uh, Co- Colin right. Coward and all that. And, yeah, but, but he's yeah. on NFL get Morning on the NFL Network, which is a fine program if you ask me. And that 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 brunette who hosts the show, ooh, she's a sultry little number. I don't know her name, but I want to know it. We watched you and I and the Jacobson boys watch the uh, pre pregame show from Stately Jacobson Manor up gonna, there. You're going to talk about Charis- Carissa Carissa Thompson. Thompson, and if you've not seen it, well. But Josh knew, knew he all too well about it. I had no idea that she had her uh, her own selfie of her playing with wow. her, uh, with herself. Let's just say she was doing a little deep ply pattern. It's um and it, it, the interesting and it, I look in this day and age you have to be careful. It's out there. Give her credit. Give uh, Kaylee Cuoco from uh, uh, oh from whoa. Big Bang Theory. Now you're familiar with hers. Too. Yeah. Well, you guys were talking about it. Okay, you know? so you had to go home and do a little research. Think of um, Kardashian and Hilton, Paris Hilton. All of them have overcome all these sex tapes. It's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, we're like the average person. We like sex, we enjoy it, and we do things that everybody else does. This has been thrown out there, and I got to buy. I got to bite into it. I think they're purposely released for, for publicity. Well, if you look at some of these, when you, when you look at the Kim Kardashian one, I mean, that was heavy-duty stuff. Somebody's filming it. I know. It's not in a position oh, in one I know what set. You're saying. Yeah. So somebody is in there with them. It's not on this, you know, electrical thing there's where a it's, third party. There's a third party there filming exactly. the stuff. I'm sorry. I film myself having sex. <laughs> there's nothing that grosses me out more. I couldn't even take a shower for a week. By the way, getting disgusting. Uh, I, the thought of my pasty white ass going to town. I mean, I don't even want to. There, I couldn't even take you, my pants off for a week. You'd be surprised. There would be a lot of women out there that find you very sexy and would lo- very much love and, and Three enjoy of them it. have, and I've given them every penny I've ever had. Right. But, you know, getting out of this subject as we close up Please. this another fabulous broadcast of the No Holds Bar uh, show with uh, you know who found me sexy? and Jake. Who? I'll tell you who found me sexy. If yes. Could... Oh, Keith Jackson found me sexy along with Lindsay Nelson. The two of them come into a shower one night. I was showering down after a two-lane game, and they said, Well, Ozzy, you're looking good there. I want to pick up that bar at Irish, Spo- Irish Spring. You know, we are talking about announcers as we had done previously. And that's uh, right. I, I can't describe anymore. Daniel Sin, okay, you don't <laughs> like him. I like him. But you got to respect his knowledge. He was a professional be- uh, be- uh, you know, football player, did a good job with Detroit. Uh, the whole thing underrated to me. As and a quarterback think, or as an a announcer? quarterback? As a quarterback, I like him as an announcer. Get, again, give me. You might not like his style, but and you might think he runs his mouth too and much. He talks too but much. But he knows football, so give him credit on that. A guy that I'm not, I don't like his style because he screams all the time and overly does it. We have times you don't have to scream, but I give him credit. He's made it to the you know, top. He's on uh, CBS, and he does college, you know, college basketball and all that. Kevin Harlan, not one of my favorites, but I do respect him. Kevin Harlan, he's slowly working his way up. Did you happen to check slowly, out? Slowly. He's been up there for a while, but Absolutely. all he does is scream on every play. True. Like, well, it's, my, like it's the best play ever. Well, that's my theory on Michigan up there in Tampa, but that's another ball game. Did you see Saturday night when the—, when the uh, Come on. The, the uh, Astros clinched the play— the, uh, Pennant, if when you will. Altuve hit the home run. <laughs> just, Great just a, moment. The guy behind home plate had a shirt on that said, Joe Buck sucks. <laughs> I did that. And he, that. every pitch you could see it. And finally, Joe had a tweet out. He goes, where can I get one of them shirts? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> so he, he, he clearly gets it. I was talking with Josh and you guys on Saturday or Sunday morning up there in Tampa. 
Why the hatred for Joe Buck? I think he's a great announcer. I I love him. I think he does a great job. The guy does whatever great. He, he does. does every big game in the world. He does College, the Super Bowl, the World Series. It doesn't matter. Whatever he does. I think it's jealousy. I like his voice. I like, I like, I like his personality. I, I think he's great with Aikman. I think he's great in the baseball booth. Absolutely. You, name it. He is, you know, you want, Marv was like that too. When I grew up listening to him on radio, it was more, oh. it was more game thing. Right. But as he started to get uh, older and more mature and they started to bring him on broadcasts and national games, his personality and his sarcasm sure. came out, and I liked him that much more for it. So when you can get on the air and not only broadcast a game with great professionalism, but bring an entertainment value and a personality with it, I got to respect you. And I think Joe Buck is great. And I just I don't understand the, the blatant hatred for Joe Buck. All don't he does is do a fine fine job. I think it's jealousy. I, I love. I, I think I, he's great, and I, I think I think Troy Aikman is getting into rehab. He looks rough. I don't know if there's something going on. If he's got allergies, don't start. He these, looks uh, like he's been up for three months. Uh, first of all, don't start rumors like that. Has he aged a little bit over the years? He was a professional football player, Hall of Famer for a long time. Played competitive, uh, you know, football in college at UCLA. The guy's a stud. Here's he what I'm waiting for. Jake. Here's he's what I'm a good-looking, older than he should be looking man. Oh, imagine how much ass he's had. Every piece of ass in Texas, he said. There was a rumor he was gay. I said if he was gay, that's because he did every girl in Texas and he got bored. And if he... You know Twice what? he did every girl I've in Texas. Always, I've stated this. I have no problems with my masculinity. I'm not gay. I wouldn't have a problem. I don't care if you did if I was. But I wish I was bisexual. It would have gave me so many more opportunities to uh, have a good sexual uh, life. Well, it's never too late. <laughs> no, you can't. It's not like turning on a switch. It's like saying, you know what? All of a sudden, I'm going to like a steak. If you don't like a steak, it does. all of a sudden, I'm going to like to eat crap. Either it doesn't way. work that way. Either way, you get meat in your mouth. If I can say I'm bisexual, I like men now as well, I would, but I'm I can't. bisexual. Every time I have sex, i got to buy it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to tell you right now. Yeah. Besides, anybody who would have sex with me would understand what a joy it is. You better just take advantage of anybody who wants to have sex with you. When that homeless woman looked up at you Sunday and said, Put your fancy once around the block, sir. You threw a dollar at her. All right, big game this week for the Buccaneers as they, uh, after a tough loss in London, they come back. Will Winston bound back against Tennessee and Tannehill or Mariota? I say yes, bounce back. I think they better. I well, think they better get a win because after that, they got to go to Seattle, and that's not looking good for them. An- another team to look at, again, bounce back. The Jets bouncing back against Jacksonville, play a good, tough game. The Eagles got sloshed against Cowboys. They will bounce back this week as well. How funny is it? The Cowboys had lost three in a row. They had uh, Garrett out the door. Everybody sucks. They win a game, and also they go to the Super Bowl. All right, Jake, once again, as always, dynamite performance. Just You grooved on a 3-2 fastball, knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Like Al- you're like Altuve. I've always been a clutch hitter, if I don't say so myself. Big hitter. Big hitter, Jake Jacobson. All right, for Jake Jacobson, I'm Ozzy the Sports Show. You can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, Podbean, you name it. Lock it in. You get it weekly to your phone, your device, your computer, listening to your car, home, strap it on your dog's neck, your garage, your pool, in the shower, and put it on over maybe a celebrity porno tape. Clarissa Thompson, for instance. There we go. Bringing it back. All right, I'm going to bring it back after this music ends. All right, for Jacob Ozzie, see you next time on the No Hold Bars podcast.